Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I just wanted to give a quick note before the podcast begins. Um, when I was recording the podcast about partway through, you might hear in the background a little bit of a toddler crying. We had a bit of an issue where my toddler was not going to sleep at all. So I actually had to stop recording the podcast for like an hour to get her settled and back down to sleep. So if there's a little bit of a, you know, background noise or a break in the podcast, that's why it's because I just had to take a break to deal with her to get um, her to go to sleep so that I could get back to the podcast. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindahl. I am your host and this is episode number four of the Fit Like a Girl podcast. So thank you so much for joining. So for today's topic, I realized that I've talked a little bit about this before in my previous podcast and then it kind of dawned on me that maybe not everybody knows what I'm talking about when I talk about this certain topic. And that topic is calorie deficits. And I, like I said, I had mentioned it in some previous podcasts and then I was listening to them and my husband had mentioned to me, you know, not everybody knows what a calorie deficit is. And I was like, oh, well, that'll be the topic for my next podcast is talk about a calorie deficit. So I will go over in depth today and talk all about calories, calorie deficits, why calories are important for weight gain, weight loss, weight maintenance, and why a calorie deficit is the only way to lose weight or body fat. And I'll also talk about what a calorie actually is, what a calorie deficit means, how it pertains to weight loss, why it causes weight loss. And then I'll also go into how do you achieve a calorie deficit? How do you know if you're in a calorie deficit? And then just give you some um, tips and ideas on how to figure out what calories might work for you for a calorie deficit. And then lastly, I'll go over some really frequently asked questions that I get uh, very commonly about calorie deficits. First things first, what is a calorie. Let's talk about that first. Just what is a calorie? And then I can get into what a calorie deficit means. So, so a calorie is just a unit of measurement for energy that is derived from food. That's it. It's just a unit of measurement for energy. Nothing crazy, nothing evil. It's not, it doesn't have any feelings or anything else. It's just a unit of measurement. Very similar to how a mile or a kilometer is a measurement of distance. You might've also heard the phrase a kilocalorie and a kilocalorie and a calorie are just the same thing. There's no difference from them. What a kilocalorie means or what a calorie is, is it's just found by the amount of heat that is required from food. So to raise the temperature of one kilogram of water, one degree Celsius. So this is actually how they figure out how many calories are in food. They use what's called a calorie meter and they burn a certain amount of 
whatever food they're trying to figure out how many calories are in. And then they see the difference in temperature of water after they burn the food. So I remember doing this exact experiment in high school, actually, where we used a calorie meter and we burned candied pecans underneath water. And then we were supposed to measure the temperature difference. And then that equated to how many calories were in each pecan. And so that's exactly how they figure out how many calories are in food um, because it's giving off energy when it's burning to raise the temperature of water. So in that some foods obviously have more calories and some foods have less calories, just meaning some foods give off more energy per serving or per gram and some foods give off less energy per serving or per gram. And the calories in foods are determined by the macronutrients that are in food. And a macronutrient is just the big three nutrients that we all need to survive. So carbohydrates, fats, protein, and for argument's sake, you could also say water would be like the fourth macronutrient. So each of these macronutrients is what makes up our food. Some foods are made out of a combination of two of these macronutrients, some all three of these nutrients, and some foods are just these nutrients by themselves. So for example, you know, beans are a great source of carbohydrates and protein and something like cheese would be a combination of fat and protein. So carbs and protein and fats each have a different amount of calories per gram that they give. And that helps determine how many calories are in our foods. So carbs and protein are, have about four calories per gram, and then fats have nine calories per gram. And like I said, this is how each of the macronutrients combined together can make up the calories that are in our foods. Now, given that a calorie is a unit of measurement for energy, contrary to popular belief, and it usually kind of annoys some people when I say this, but a calorie is a calorie. So what I'm trying to say is 100 calories of an apple is equal to 100 calories of pizza. And this usually raises up some hairs and especially with, you know, you'll see certain Instagram influencers and people online being like, not all calories are created equal. And there's no way that hundred calories of an apple are the same as hundred calories of pizza. Yes, they are. If we are only looking at the calorie content of food, they are equal 100 calories of an apple and 100 calories of pizza give off the same amount of energy. That being said, their macronutrients and their micronutrients are different. Obviously an apple has more fiber. It has more vitamins and minerals and things like that. Whereas a pizza will probably have more protein, more fat, depending on what's on the pizza, less vitamins and minerals. Pizza might have more calcium. So yes, the micronutrients and the macronutrients are different, but as far as calories are concerned, 100 calories equals 100 calories. Think of it as a kilometer or a mile is a kilometer or a mile. So if you walk a mile in sand versus a mile on pavement, you still walk the same distance. But how that walk went maybe is a little bit different. Walking in sand might be a little bit more difficult than walking on pavement. So it takes you longer to walk that mile. But at the end of the day, you still walk the same distance. So how do calories pertain to weight loss? What does this all have to do with weight loss or weight gain? Calories are energy. Our body needs energy 
to fuel itself, to function. You need energy from food for your body to function, to be able to walk, to talk, to have your heart beat, to breathe. All of these things require energy from food, meaning that we need to intake calories to be able to survive. Now, how many calories do you need to survive? That's a little bit of a in-depth topic and I'll go and I'll touch on a few different subjects into this. So what you have to be able to survive is called your BMR or a basal metabolic rate. What your basal metabolic rate basically is, is the amount of calories that you need to survive, to breathe, to have your heart beat and your brain to function. Now, this is determined by genetics, also the amount of muscle mass that you already have, how big you are, if you're a child versus an adult, your BMR is different for every single individual. After your BMR, you have to also factor in your calories that you need to go about your daily life. That is called your total daily energy expenditure. Basically, how many calories are you burning and needing in a day to be able to walk, to exercise, to get around your house, to clean your house, make dinner, digest food, basically your non-exercise activity. If you eat more calories than your total daily expenditure, you will be in what's called a calorie surplus. When you're in a calorie surplus, your body at the end of the day has too many calories for the amount of energy that it output throughout the day. So remembering that we intake calories to be able to function. So while we are moving, walking, talking, breathing, moving around throughout the day, we are burning calories. So we are burning calories all throughout the day. And at the end of the day, if you are eating too many calories for the amount of calories that, for the amount of energy that your body is burning, your body will have now a surplus of energy or a surplus of calories. What happens to that surplus of energy? Your body will actually store that energy later to be used. Now, usually your body will store that in the form of body fat. Some of it goes to muscle. Some of it goes to, um, glycogen storage and sugar storages and things like that in your muscles. But over time, generally, if you are consistently, constantly in a calorie surplus, your body will start to store that extra energy as body fat. Keeping in mind one day of being in a calorie surplus not a big deal. Your body will probably hardly store any of that away as body fat. But if you are constantly and consistently in a calorie deficit, your body will start to store that extra energy over time in the form of body fat. Now, if you are eating fewer calories than your total daily energy expenditure, you're going to be in what's called a calorie deficit, meaning that you are in a deficit for energy. So if you burn, let's say 2000 calories a day, but you only intake 1500 calories in that day, you're in a deficit of 500 calories. So your body has to make up for this energy deficit. It needs energy to meet that 2000 calories a day, because that's what your body is, is expending in energy. So your body needs to figure out how to give you enough calorie, enough calories for that. So what does your body do? It goes to your stored energy sources. 
your body fat, and sometimes a little bit of your muscles. I'll get into that maybe a little bit later, but it will resort to that stored energy, that stored body fat to make up for that calorie deficit. And then obviously if you eat the right amount of calories to what you're burning, so I'm eating 2000 calories and I'm burning 2000 calories, your weight will maintain. I, my body will not need to pull from its stored body fat and it doesn't need to add to my store, stored body fat. My weight will maintain and stay the same. So that is how fat loss or fat gain occurs if you're in a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus. A lot of people really like to believe that calories have nothing to do with weight loss, but then they'll go on diets and things like that where they cut out entire food groups, or they eliminate tons of different foods and adjust their portions, which in doing so you're adjusting your calories and causing a calorie deficit. So I will say this once you cannot lose weight or lose body fat without a calorie deficit. It is impossible. All diets that you lose weight on cause a calorie deficit. So if I'm on keto and I'm eliminating all carbohydrates, a gigantic food group that makes up for a large portion of us, the majority of our diet, I am eliminating calories and therefore causing my body to be in a calorie deficit. If I'm on Weight Watchers and I'm using the point system and I'm having to watch my portions and add up points of different foods, generally speaking, I am cutting down calories. If I'm cutting out pop and sugar and all of these things, all these tasty foods that I tend to overeat quite a bit and I cut them out of my diet and I start to lose weight, I caused a calorie deficit. To the next topic, how do you create a calorie deficit? There are two ways. Number one is through diet and diet alone. And when I say diet, I don't mean going on a diet. What I just mean is the food that you habitually eat on a daily basis. That is actually the definition of diet. The other way is through exercise or burning more calories. The best way to do it is to do a little bit of both. Exercising helps to not only make us more healthy, help our heart and our lungs and our muscle mass and get us stronger, it does help us burn more calories. And also if you adjust the calories that you consume, that will help put you in a calorie deficit. So ideally you want to exercise a little bit more, adjust your calories a little bit, but you don't want to have to cut your calories so much. So that is why you want to exercise a little bit to burn more calories, to kind of make it a little bit of an easier process. So as I mentioned, adding in exercise is good, but one thing that I want to re I want you to know when you're listening to this, you can't outrun a bad diet. Okay. A lot of people think if I just exercise enough, if I do enough cardio, if I lift enough weights, I can eat whatever I want. And hypothetically speaking, and I guess when you look at the definition of calories in calories out, technically speaking, you could exercise enough that you could eat a crazy amount of calories, but that amount of exercise is extremely hard to stick to is not good for your body and you will probably injure yourself at some point or another. And not only that, if you're just exercising just for the sake of burning calories so that you can eat foods, it creates a really bad relationship with exercise and with foods. I just wanted to say that don't 
try to exercise just to outrun your bad diet. The best thing to do is exercise because it makes you healthy. It makes you stronger. All of these other things, building muscle mass, increasing your cardio, but also being able to adjust your food so that you can be in a calorie deficit. And for some people, adjusting their diet to be in a calorie deficit can be as simple as just cutting out some pop or a daily treat and going for a walk. And that alone, those things, increasing their activity a little bit and just making small adjustments with their food, that alone is enough to cause weight loss. And a lot of people will find this with men. Men generally have an easier time being able to be in a calorie deficit because on average, they are biologically bigger than we, than women are. They biologically generally have more muscle mass than we are. That makes their metabolism faster than us. I know it's not fair, but it kind of is what it is. And for some people, it requires a little bit more of a meticulous approach, which can include trial and error or yes, even calorie tracking. So I'll talk about calorie tracking a little bit here quick note about it. You don't have to count calories to be in a calorie deficit, but it doesn't mean that calories don't count. So what I'm saying is you can make a few adjustments, watch your portion sizes, be mindful of what you're eating, not track a single fucking calorie. And yes, you can still lose weight. And that being said, I've had plenty of clients lose weight without tracking a single calorie. But it doesn't mean that calorie tracking is bad. There's a really big stigma with calorie tracking now in the anti-diet and anti-diet culture world. And I can understand a little bit of it. Anything can be taken to an extreme, just like anything else. So I can understand a little bit where it's coming from, but I don't really feel like it has, it deserves the stigma that it gets right now. Think of calorie tracking, like checking your bank statements. If you don't check your bank account or track your spending, you don't know how much you're spending. Just like if you don't keep an eye on what you're eating and you're having trouble losing weight, well, you don't really know how much you're eating in a day. Therefore, you could just not, you could be eating too many calories and that's why you're not losing weight. Like I said, anything can be taken to an extreme, including calorie tracking. And if you've had issues with calorie tracking and eating disorder tendencies in the past, I would not recommend this approach. So that's just my little side note about calorie tracking. It is a very useful tool that can be very helpful for a lot of people who don't know how many calories they're eating in a day and are struggling to lose weight. Tracking your calories can really help. However, though, keep in mind that calorie tracking for the rest of your life is not the goal. The goal is to use calorie tracking as a tool for a short time Maybe for some people, they only need a month or two. Maybe for some people, they need it a little bit longer. But you use it as a tool to learn portion sizes to be able to then eyeball a little bit better in the future. Initially, a lot of people suck at eyeballing, hence why calorie tracking can be helpful because it teaches you proper portion sizes. That's it. So given that 100 calories equals 100 calories, I always get this comment from somebody saying, well, does that mean that I can lose weight eating Twinkies and McDonald's as long as I stay in a calorie deficit? Yes, technically you can. You can lose weight eating whatever foods you want as long as you stay in a calorie deficit. Do I recommend that? 
Hell no, that's not a good idea. It's not a good strategy because you will feel like shit eating garbage food all the time. And not only that, the volume of food that you will be able to eat is not that much for the amount of calories. So you will be hungry. So while we're thinking about calories for weight loss, yes, calories in, calories out, all that kind of stuff, you also need to consider food quality. Meaning that you need to consider the macronutrients and the micronutrients that you're consuming in these foods. So generally by adding in more nutritious, lower calorie foods, such as fruits and vegetables and lean proteins, you can fill up, you can eat more food for less calories because something like broccoli, a pound of broccoli is like not even 30 calories is a crazy low amount of food. A pound of watermelon is a hundred calories. 100 grams of chicken breast is 100 calories. You can eat a larger volume of food that's more nutritious, that will fill you up better and be in a calorie deficit a lot easier. That also being said, I'm a big advocate for all foods can be included. You can eat some pizza, go to McDonald's and go out to lunch, whatever, and still hit your calorie goals with a little bit of planning. One of my favorite people in the world, who's one of my dream guests on this podcast. His name is Jordan Syatt. And if you don't follow Jordan on Instagram or social media at all, you really need to. But about, I want to say it was like a year and a half ago or almost two years ago, he did an experiment and it's up on his YouTube page where he ate one Big Mac every single day and lost weight because he was in a calorie deficit. And it's a great video and you should really go check it out. Um, it's like I said, up on his YouTube, his name is Jordan Syatt, S-Y-A-T-T. And he did it basically as an experiment to prove that all you need to lose weight is a calorie deficit and that you can include all of the foods that you love and still be able to reach your goals. So yes, you can still have pizza and lose weight as long as for the most part, you're in a calorie deficit. How do you know if you're in a calorie deficit? So if you're in a calorie deficit, you will start to notice changes, whether it's changes in the scale or changes in your body measurements, you will start to notice some changes. Now, these changes aren't going to happen overnight, but over the course of, let's say, three to four weeks, you should notice some changes happening. So if the scale is moving. Yes, that can generally mean that you're losing weight, but bear in mind that the scale does not always reflect fat loss. So that's why it's really important to not only use the scale as a tool, but also measurements and progress photos. Those things will show fat loss that maybe the scale isn't necessarily reflecting just yet. So if you aren't sure if you're in a calorie deficit and you've been tracking your calories or whatever, Try your calorie deficit or tracking for whatever number that you're using for about three to four weeks. Anyway, I would even say two to four weeks. If after, let's say four weeks, you notice no changes in the scale or your measurements, then adjust slightly. And when I say slightly, I mean like adjust a little bit, like a hundred calories or less. You don't want to jump to a big calorie deficit because you might not need that much of a jump down in calories to see results. So that's why just small adjustments and a fuck ton of patience. If you aren't being consistent though, then 
you need to focus on your consistency. So keep that in mind. If you're doing four weeks of being ruthlessly consistent, at least 80%. And if you're not sure what I mean by that, you got to go listen to episode number three of my podcast and you're not noticing any changes in the scale or measurements. Keep in mind, if you're noticing measurement changes, but not scale changes, that's fine. You keep going. You don't adjust anything. But if you're not consistent with at least 80%, I don't want to see you touching your calories because what you really need to do is make sure that you're being consistent instead. So focus on your consistency first. Then if nothing is changing, then you can adjust your calories slightly. I feel like people get too impatient to adjust their calories and they feel like I that, you know, they don't focus on consistency and then they just want to decrease their calories because they think it'll help them lose weight quicker. And I actually had a conversation with one of my clients last night where she said, she even admitted, she said, I know that this is dumb, but my knee jerk reaction right now, because, um, in full disclosure, she hasn't been super consistent. She had some things in life that threw her off a little bit off track. So she's wanting to get back on track. And she said, she said, I know that this is a dumb thing to say, but she said, my knee jerk reaction right now is to want to cut my calories drastically to see a difference in the scale. And so then I had a comment. So then we had a conversation and you know, about it. And she said, she said, I know that what I need to do is just be more consistent and that it has nothing to do with cutting my calories. I just have to get back on track. Boom. That's it. That's all that she needed to do. So a lot of times if you're thinking, Oh, I need to cut my calories. I need to cut my calories. Chances are you just might not be as consistent as you think you are. So like I said, go listen to my episode number three after you listen to the rest of this podcast and where I talk a lot more about consistency and things like that. So this leads to the next topic. How do you find your calorie deficit? How do you figure out your calories to know that you're in a calorie deficit? So there's a few different ways. There is many free online calculators that you can use where it'll ask you for your height, your current weight, your goal weight, your approximate activity level, all these other things, and it'll give you a number. Those are pretty, they're, you know, I would say overall, they're not terrible. Just bear in mind that even if you get this number, you know, even with a number that I give you or something like that, it's trial and error. You have to try that number for a few weeks and see if there's any changes. And then if you're noticing changes, then, a, then, perfect. You stay on track. If you're not noticing changes, then you adjust. So it takes a little bit of trial and error, but a good approximate way to figure out your calories. That's super easy is just take your goal weight and times by 12. If you don't know what your goal weight is, pick a number, pick a reasonable number. So let's say for example, you're 200 pounds just to make it nice and easy. And you don't know what your goal weight is, but you know that you want to lose weight. Just pick a number a little bit lower, go to, you know, pick 180 or 190 and then start from there. And then you can always adjust later on, but just pick a number, a reasonable number. If you're starting at 200 pounds, do not pick 120 pounds. That's a long ways off. Pick somewhere in the middle and then adjust down. So for example, if I want to be 150 pounds, I would go goal weight times 12, which is 1800 calories. And then you try that number for three to four weeks, being consistent, tracking your measurements, using the scale if you need to and see how things go. Or if you are in a good deficit, like a, a good number, you're going to be losing approximately anywhere from 0.5 to one pound, maybe one and a half pounds per week. A good average weight loss is anywhere from 0.5 to two pounds a week. Two pounds a week, even for me is a little bit on the high side. So I prefer kind of between 
0.5 to one and a half pounds. Generally, that's a good range where you're still going to be losing weight every single month. And um, it's going to be at a good pace. That's a little bit more sustainable. So if you're losing weight too quickly, like if you're losing two pounds or more a week, I would up your calories a little bit. So you lose a little bit more sustainably. Yes. It's going to be slower. That's the whole point is that it's going to be sustainable. When it comes to the goal weight times 12, a lot of people, when they figure out that number, they go, Oh my God, that's a lot more calories than I thought it would be. And that's kind of the whole point that I just mentioned. If you cut your calories too low, you're going to be losing weight too quickly. And if the weight loss method is unsustainable, then the results are going to be unsustainable. The goal isn't to lose weight as quickly as possible. There's no race. Nobody's winning a fucking race by losing 10 pounds the fastest. Okay. Remember, the faster you lose weight, the more unsustainable it generally is. The goal is not to eat as little calories as possible. That's why I like the goal weight times 12, because it gives a reasonable amount of calories. The goal is not to eat as little calories as possible. The goal is actually to eat as many calories as you possibly can while still losing weight. And that I think is very important to remember. A lot of the anti-diet culture, when they look at calorie counting and calorie tracking or people talking about calories in, calories out, they go, oh, all that you know you want us to do is starve. All the goal is here is just to starve and eat as little calories as possible. No, not even at all. The goal with calorie deficits is to eat as many calories as you possibly can while still losing weight. So bearing those things in mind, we've talked about calorie deficits. We've talked about how to achieve a calorie deficit. How do you know if you're in a calorie deficit? I'm going to go over a few frequently asked questions. A first one that I get all the time is, do I have to track calories? Now I already talked about this earlier, but I want to reiterate, no, you don't. You don't need to track calories to be in a calorie deficit. Like I said, I've had many clients that have never tracked a single calorie who have lost weight just by adjusting their portion sizes, increasing their activity level a little bit, drinking more water, eating more salads, more filling foods for lower calories without tracking a single one. That being said, remember, you don't have to count calories, but the calories always count. I got that from Jordan Syatt. That is not mine. That's not an original quote. That's Jordan Syatt. <laughs> but bear in mind that if you are finding that you think that you're in a calorie deficit, but nothing is changing, you're not noticing changes in measurements, you're not noticing changes on the scale, you're not no noticing changes in your progress photos, you might have to do a period of tracking or at least using a food diary to write down what you're eating because the calories add up. Now, I will also reiterate when it comes to tracking, if you are a person that has eating disorder tendencies or you've had a really negative relationship with food in the past, do not track. Focus on your relationship with food and dealing with that, which I'm not a super expert on. So I would seek outside help from a therapist or a dietitian and go from there. Frequently asked question number two, do I have to eat the same calories every single day? The answer is actually no, you don't. So the day to day doesn't matter as much as your average weekly total. So if you overeat a little bit, say your calorie deficit is 1800 calories, just throwing an even number out there and one or two days of the week, you eat 1900 calories or 2000 calories. And then other days of the week, you eat 1600 calories. What matters the most is your average at the end of the week. So if your calorie deficit number is 1800 
what you want to aim for is an average of 1800 by the end of the week. Some people will even use a weekly total where they will take their calorie deficit and add it all up. So 1800 times seven, and then they take that number. And that is their goal by the end of the week is to hit that number. So you can have some days that are higher calories, some days that are lower calories. And it works really well for a lot of people, especially for example, on the days that you work out, you could have some higher calorie days. So if you're working out three or four days a week, you could have three or four days of higher calories. And on days that you're not working out, then you have three or four days of lower calories. Or for some people, which is also very, this is a very common situation, weekends. Weekends come up and you want to live a little, you want to go out to eat, you want to have some drinks, it's summertime, you want to have a hot dog or whatever. You can adjust your calories so that Monday to Friday, your calories are lower. And then Saturday, Sunday, you have a little bit more leeway. Now, would I suggest eating a thousand calories Monday to Friday so you can have 3000 calories on the weekend? No, don't be dumb. That's silly. But you could, for example, do 1600 calories during the week and then 2000 calories on the weekend. Just throwing some numbers out there. So you don't have to eat the exact same number every single day. Another thing that I really like to give people is a range. I really find that ranges work well for my clients. So if your number for a calorie deficit is 1800, you can have a range from 1700 to 2000 calories or 1700 to 1900 so that you have that little bit of leeway. If some days you're at 1700 and some days you're at 1900, by the end of the week, your average is going to be 1800. So it doesn't have to be the same meticulous number every single day. Keep that in mind. Question number three, do I have to cut out food groups to achieve a calorie deficit? The answer should be pretty obvious, but it's no, you do not need to cut out food groups, entire food groups, just to achieve a calorie deficit. That's silly. The whole point of being able to understand calories in food is so that you can have all foods and include them into your calories. So yes, as I talked about earlier, technically you could lose weight on Twinkies and McDonald's, but you're going to feel like shit. However, though, eating salads and grilled chicken for the rest of your life is boring as fuck. So including a McDonald's here and there, a Twinkie here and there makes it more sustainable and enjoyable. So remember that, that it doesn't, you know, you want to, and this is the other reason why I want people to pick a more reasonable number for their calorie deficit and not go too low because it's hard to fit those fun foods in. If you're on, you know, 16 to 1800 calories, a day for a calorie deficit, you can fit in a chocolate bar, a little bit of ice cream, something like that fairly easily. If you're on 1200 calories a day, that's hard to fit into. You pretty much would have to skip a whole meal just to be able to have some ice cream. Whereas you give yourself more calories, you can enjoy the things that you like, and you can stay in your calorie deficit. The best of both worlds. Last frequently asked questions. What happens if I go over my calories one day? The answer is absolutely fucking nothing. (laughs) Absolutely fucking nothing will happen if you go over your calories one or two days. Minor fucking detail. What do you do if you go over your calories? Well, you're going to get back on track the next day. You're not going to worry about it. You're not going to freak out. You're not going to cut your calories the next day to make up for it. That's silly. You're just going to get back on track the next day. Simple as that. And why is it that simple? Because it is that simple. Nobody gains weight from having one day over their calories. People gain weight when they're constantly over their calories all the time. But if one day in a calorie surplus isn't gonna make you gain weight, so just chill the fuck out and get back on track. 
all you got to do. Well, that is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends on social media. Uh, Feel free to tag me in it if you follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with all my new episodes as they come out. If you like what I'm doing here, I would super appreciate a five-star written review. That would mean the world to me. And it helps to get my podcast out there more to reach other people. It increases the searchability of the podcast, the more reviews that I have. Otherwise, if you want more information on my coaching and training options and programs, you can check out my website, www.fitlikeagirl.ca. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Um, My Instagram handle, I will post in the show notes. And yeah, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care, fam.